Well, hey, everyone. Welcome to Beyond the Sermon. Uh, again, I want to uh, just welcome you if you're joining us on Vimeo, uh, looking, seeing Mike and I here on video, or maybe you're joining us on podcast. Uh, maybe this is your first time jumping in. Uh, just a big welcome to you. I have Pastor Mike with me. And uh, Mike, we're continuing our series on Daniel. Uh, we're into chapter six. And uh, yeah, if, I mean, there's some stories in the Bible that really stand out you know, in terms of one, if you've grown up in the church, then you probably remember, you know, like Noah and his ark. And um, this is one of them, I think, when we think of Daniel and the lion's den. And uh, what, what one thing that was really surprising for me is, as you were sharing about this passage, this chapter, uh, was that for the most part, you feel like maybe this is being kind of misunderstood or, mis, uh, you know, applied incorrectly. Um so what do you think God is primarily saying to us uh, through this passage? Yeah, you know, I'll answer the question this way, Will. I think that it is a classic passage, one of the most famous passages in all the Bible, really in the Old Testament. It's probably top three. Um, looking at that, I think that it's one of those kind of passages where there are multiple layers to it. So on one sense that there can be some misuse of it, but on another, there's just layers beyond maybe what you originally hear it for. That's that's the case with me. You know, I've heard about Daniel and the lion's den as long as I can possibly remember and love the story. It was drawn to the story uh, as, a, as a kid. And I think one of the draws is it really does point to the power of God. And it's awe-inspiring to realize, wow, you know, I've been to the zoo. I've seen a lion. God is more powerful than that. Uh, so it's just that real tangible way to be able to see a demonstration of how powerful our God is. That's, that's a great thing to be able to pull out of that passage because there's truth in that. You know, God is more powerful than anything we're going to come across. And that's not just lions. We can say what, whatever, we're cha whatever challenge we're facing in life, God's bigger than that. So I think that's a great message that does come out of Daniel 6. But it's not the only one. I think there are more layers to it. And if I just personal journey for me, what happened with a passage like this is I realized is I got into a different phase of life. Sometimes the lions bite. Mm -hmm. You know, I read the passage and it's like, well, they didn't bite. Daniel was just fine. But in my life, I feel like I get bit sometimes. Right. I feel like sometimes the lions do win. Uh, how do I reconcile what I'm experiencing with Daniel chapter six? Because I don't always feel like the mouths of the lions are closed. And then I experience further teachings in the Bible. You get to things like Stephen, who, right, he was a, a follower of Jesus. You find that in, in the God, in Acts. And he was stoned uh, because he believed in Jesus. You get Paul, who wrote half the New Testament didn't end well for Paul. You, you know, right. Paul ends up getting beheaded. And how do you reconcile Daniel? He, he was spared from the lions, but yet these people, they aren't spared from the lions. So I think that, that the thing to take from that for me is Daniel 6 is not a promise that we're going to be spared from all the lions in our life. It's not that. I think it can get used that way, but that's really not the, the teaching in it. The teaching is God can. He has that kind of power. Sometimes he does. He did with Daniel. He didn't with 
he did it with Stephen. He did it with Paul. So right. it's not to tell us that we're never going to be able to get bit by a lion. That right. that layer is a part of it. Yeah, and and Mike, I I mean I, I can see that in Scripture. I mean, you think even of Israel, and you know, one of the main themes of the story of Israel in the Old Testament is one of deliverance. Uh, but at the same time, I mean, some of the examples that you've already given where we maybe didn't see that deliverance or we maybe didn't see what we would ex have expected or perhaps even thinking of followers of Paul or um, friends of Stephen that would have been praying for. Um, so how do you navigate that in your life? You know, kind of the tension of seeing God answer your prayers in particular ways or maybe then in other occasions, not in the way that you expect. Like, what are some of the ways you feel like you've, you, you kind of walk through that? I, I think to me that leads to really a second layer in Daniel 6. And there is a second layer with it. And that is, there's, it's not just about what happened in that lion's den. Um, what happened after the lion's den? It's like the story's not over. We end the story there, but that's not the end of the story. The story ends with one of the, leads into one of the biggest events in the entire Old Testament uh, that doesn't get as much playtime. But what happens at the end of this, God is working in, in, behind the scenes in some really clear ways. So uh, Darius, who is the king, who put him in the lion's den, sees what happens and how God miraculously spares Daniel. And he's like, wow, what was that about? He, he, has this proclamation saying the Lord is God. The Lord is God. That's how the passage ends with Darius recognizing there is a God. Um, I just want everybody to know it. Within a few years of this story of Daniel in the lion's den, the same king, Darius, he's also called Cyrus, Cyrus the Great from world history class. He ends up having this emancipation proclamation of sorts and sets the Israelites free. They had been captive in Babylon. It's as big as the first Exodus. I think we're familiar maybe with the Exodus with Moses, you know, the Red Sea, that whole deal. The, this second Exodus doesn't get as much play, uh, but it is a second Exodus. And in this one, there wasn't, a, there wasn't a need for plagues because God entered in through the life of Daniel. This one man's faithfulness change the heart of that king. Mm. That's the other layer. In my mind, Daniel's right. consistent faithfulness and his relationship with, with Cyrus or Darius, it changed the heart of that king to the extent that he opens up and says, okay, you guys, you can just head, head on back to Jerusalem. Um, amazing. Right. Amazing. Uh, yeah, yeah, huge part of the Old Testament. Yeah, there's a huge thing about... Um like a faithfulness, you know, a faithfulness to God uh, through kind of thick and thin, you know, it feels like a, a few weeks ago you were speaking on this, you know, um, like being faithful to God, but not even on the basis of the outcome, you know, um, I think that's the kind of faith that we see in Daniel uh, time and time again. Yeah. Mike, you also, you also touched on your prayer life a bit, because um, obviously the uh this kind of what got Daniel thrown into the lion's den was his faithfulness and you know the recognition that he didn't it wasn't something that he had to do you know but did he wanted to do that he had that desire to 
uh, because of his relationship with God. And so, and he didn't even need to do it in front of the window either. <laughs> he could have gone, uh, but but that's what he, he chose to do out of dedication, devotion to the Lord. And, um, and so you mentioned kind of, uh, you know, part of your prayer devotional life and what that looks like uh, even over the last 29 years, um, which is really cool. And, you know, I, I know that we would encourage people to think intentionally about what does that prayer look like? What is that um, talking and walking with God look like in your life? But can I just ask you, what, what difference do you really feel like that has made, uh, making that priority in your life, spending that time with the Lord, learning to speak to him, learning to hear from him? What difference has that made in your, you know, your life, your work, your relationships? Uh, what would you say? I think it has, it has personalized my faith. Very personal. You know, we talk about a personal relationship with God and you can have a personal relationship with Jesus. It, to me, being able to have that kind of connection with God is really central to that. So, you know, when, when I pray, um, there have been, there was a season in my life when my prayer was really a list of prayer requests. And so I'm praying for this and that person and heal this person and help that person. Um, what I think a, a significant shift was is to see that prayer really time as a, as a relational connection to God. And mm. for me now, it's more of an opportunity where I just, I just share what's going on inside of me and my heart and my mind. Sometimes my, my prayers with God, it's just a vent session. Um, it's right. a safe place, you know, I can just let it out and share with him. And um, that, that has, it really personalizes things for me because I can take whatever I'm going through and I've got a place to bring it to. And then this powerful God who cares and try and listen to his leading and his prompting in the midst of that, but it can become a two-way thing. So it's a little hard to describe. The best way I would describe it, Will, is it has personalized my faith. I mean, how about you? You've got a vibrant prayer life. How would you respond to how has that influenced your relationship with God? Yeah, I, I would say there, there's a few things that happen for me in that prayer space. One, I think there's a reorientation uh, of my heart and my focus, I think, towards God. I think uh, the busyness of life and the busyness of, the, of my days uh, can sometimes just take my focus away from who God is and his yeah. majesty, his greatness, um, uh, even his, his love. And, um, and sometimes I can forget who I am in him. Uh, and so I think my time, the time in prayer can be a place where I come back to that place again. I remember again who he is. I remember again who I, who I am in him and, and what he's promised me. Um, I think there's a definite refreshment that happens there. I mean, some people may argue, well, well, you're just, you know, going and just going into a quiet space. Of course, you're going to be refreshed. But there's something about the, the offloading of things you know, into the hands of the maker of the universe, which has the effect of, um, of, of, of bringing, you know, peace uh, upon you. Uh, I can, I can almost feel like every time just notice a change and just demeanor and sense of 
things on my shoulders as it were. Um, and uh, you know, it's funny, Mike, I, I experienced that. I feel like I remember back in my teenage years experiencing that for the first time, I would remember coming into, I would come back from college. I had to go out into my job that I had in college, just had a lot of things on my heart and my head. And, uh, I remember coming into my room, getting down on my knees and essentially I didn't actually have a backpack on my back, but I kind of visualized that I did. And it was a backpack full of rocks of heavy things. And I came before the Lord and I just took them out one at a time before him. And, uh, and then I was able to kind of get up and were, did those things all disappear miraculously? <laughs> like, no, I still had to face those things. And, um, and yet there was something about just acknowledging them before the Lord, laying them before him, inviting him into those things. So, um, yeah. And of course, I think we believe the prayer is where things can really change, you know? Uh, I don't know about you, but sometimes I feel like I can get into almost a, a fatalistic approach where you just think, well, God's going to do what God's going to do anyway. It doesn't, re- doesn't really matter what I pray in my little office here, you know, but actually that's not true. You know, the Bible talks about the prayers of a righteous man have great results. And we have to believe that, yes, God is sovereign, but also the Bible invites us into prayer and we have a responsibility and an exciting responsibility in that regard. So, um, yeah, prayer is prayer is really central. Um, Mike, I want to just thank you again for all your effort and work that you put in and, you know, your giving of your gifting uh, to the church, you know, that we would just be able to be drawn closer to the Lord. Um, it's a, it's a real joy. And, um, if you are listening again on our podcast, um, feel free to, yeah, share along with other folks. Um, and, uh, you can also get our, our, uh, videos. If you're wanting to watch the actual videos of the conversations, you can get them on our website, just go under grow and uh, to Ridge University. And then there's a a library in there of those videos. So Mike, thanks again. Appreciate your time. Yeah. And yours. Yep. We'll see you guys again next week.